Hello and welcome to It's No Secret. I'm Kat. And I'm Christine. And today on the show, we are answering the question of, should I use my KiwiSaver to buy a first home? I think lots of people probably hear that question and they're like, yeah, duh, why are we even talking about this? Because this is what every New Zealander does. And hey, I'm not here to argue with you, although I sort of am. Um, (laughs) I'm here for it. Yeah, but I think that uh, it is worthwhile certainly us discussing because as some of our hardcore listeners will know, um, in Australia, most people do not have the option to use their version of KiwiSaver, their superannuation for a first home. Um, Also not the same in lots of other countries like the UK. Um, And putting Christine in the spotlight, I know that she has recently decided to focus her KiwiSaver efforts on a slightly different goal than the first home. So um, I'm going to throw to you first and say, hey, because I feel like, you know, a year ago on the show, we were talking about what (laughs) you would be doing in terms of first home purchases and KiwiSaver. And now you've done a total 180. So where are you at? What's new? Yeah. Oh, well, okay. First question is what else can you focus your KiwiSaver on? Yep. So the deep giveaway is that there's only two goals that you can use it for. So first time buying and retirement. So mm-hmm. yes, I am quite, I mean, who knows? It might change in six months. We'll see. Yeah. But currently I'm at the point where I don't really want to forego the compounding that I would if I was to take out the money for my first home um, in place of what that can give me at retirement. And yep. I think also knowing myself retirement can often feel very out of reach but also something that we easily forget to Mm -hmm. kind of save Mm -hmm. for or perhaps Mm -hmm. don't prioritize in place of like short-term travel or or even just enough to actually have a comfortable retirement so yeah yeah, I am quite focused on not taking it out to buy a first home but that said what that creates is like you have to find their money somewhere else. So what, am, well, what else am I going to do? That's on the assumption that you still want to buy a first home. And I'm assuming yeah, that you do. But the reason I bring that up is um, I was recently speaking to a group of young lawyers and we were talking exactly about this topic because um, it's no secret that people are challenged when it comes to first home purchases <laughs> in New Zealand. <laughs> Just some brand placement there. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> we put the question to the audience of who even actually wants to still buy their first home. Like what is that even, I guess, people's primary goal? And interestingly enough, only about 50% of the audience actually put their hand up that that was the main thing that they're currently working towards. A lot of other people, I guess, had reconciled themselves with the fact that they uh, have lots of other different financial goals that they can equally work towards and are important, Mm. i.e. retirement. Mm -hmm. um, And they were happy to prioritize that instead. So. I guess, you know, if you are focusing on retirement and you're not um, using your KiwiSaver for your first home, to your point, it's like, what else do you do? (laughs) But maybe we'll start with the positives. Maybe we'll start with the positives. So let's play through the scenario of, you know, Christine is not going to use her KiwiSaver at this stage for her first home. What is going to end up happening for her? Um, And as you said, you know, you're really going to maximize your benefit of compounding. So do you want to talk us through a little bit about that? Sure, I can do my best. Yeah. <laughs> so in theory, um, I guess the more money you have as a base or a principal, the faster it's going to compound over time. So yeah. if you are unaware of what compounding is, it is essentially your money making money on the money that it's made. Correct. <laughs> yeah. Sounds and to bit, do that, yeah. you need a lot of time. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, growth is exponential, right? And mm-hmm. um, not mm-hmm. linear as I learned not last linear. year from Kat. <laughs> Not linear. Um, yeah, and so the, I mean, for me, if I was, I have roughly about thirty five thousand in my KiwiSaver right now. If yeah. I was to 
like to withdraw that alongside other savings I had for a house, then that means I'm starting from zero to get then again to, I don't know, whatever I'll need at retirement. Which if you think of an exponential graph, right, is like this. And if you're already here and you're much close to like hitting the nice little curve bit on the <laughs> exponential graph, and then you take that money out and you go back to here, to but you go again. back to here when you're what, let's say, for example, in your early 30s um, versus when you were 18, when you signed up for KiwiSaver, mm. you've lost 18 years worth of growth yeah. and you're not going to get that back on the other side, right? Mm. Yeah. Like you're not, I don't think, going to delay your retirement until you're like 83. No. <laughs> I plan on using my money while I'm able-bodied. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that's what we talk about in terms of like cutting off your compounding at the knees. It's because yeah. Christine's already in her situation, had so many years growing that base that she's getting closer to it being more and more exponential. But should she take that money out and be starting again from scratch, it's going to be a lot harder to get there. Yeah. Yeah. She doesn't have the same amount of time. Yeah, and exactly. we know that from looking at the stats, shout out to Tim and our team who's done some great socials on this with Colonel, is, um, you know, you can put in double the amount of money after the fact, but it actually doesn't catch you up any more than the time does, if that makes sense. So, mm-hmm. you know, if you were doing 3% and then you upped to 6% when you re-entered KiwiSaver after buying your first home, you're not necessarily going to get any more money than if you would having started at 18 yeah. on a lower base. Yeah, cool. So if I was listening to the podcast, which yes. hopefully, I mean, you are, mm-hmm. and I was sitting there thinking um, – well, can I achieve that same growth through property or another type of asset or, mm. you know? Excellent question because I know exactly what people would say. They'll be like, well, why don't I just take my KiwiSaver out, buy a home, I'll grow my first home, and then I've still been growing my wealth. Um, for anyone that has heard me speak before, they'll know that <laughs> my like, life motto is that your house is not an investment asset. And I think exactly what you just said, Christine, not is Not a lifestyle that- asset. No, it's not an investment asset. It oh. is a lifestyle asset. It's not an investment oh, sorry, asset. Yes. But that's that exact mindset, right? Like you're taking out an investment asset, which is your KiwiSaver, and putting that money into what is a lifestyle asset. And the reason that I talk about that is because you can't get to 65 and then retire and sell your bathroom to fund your next year's worth of living expenses. <laughs> um, and people sometimes just don't appreciate exactly how that scenario is going to play out. And I understand it's probably because thinking about you at 65 when you're 25 is really fucking boring. Um, but <laughs> it's a long time away. <laughs> exactly. But that's the reality. And so mm. like what would, you know, if all of your wealth or the predominant part of your wealth was in your home, then what happens at 65? You have to sell that home. Mm. And that for a lot of people comes with emotion, like challenges. You know, people get tied up with things like very, very um, beautiful goals around like, you know, intergenerational wealth or helping their family members and all that kind of stuff. And you Mm. start to lose those opportunities if all of your uh, assets is really focused in your house. Mm -hmm. So that's certainly a challenge. Um, So that's why I guess I would say that, yes, there is the argument that, sure, you're going to have some growth in property in a similar way that you might have growth in your KiwiSaver, but we can also talk about the numbers on that. Um, But it's not in an investment property. It's in a property that you're living in, Mm. and that poses different challenges. Yeah, definitely. I was just sitting here thinking about the classic scenario of should I buy a batch or should I have 
cash to go on like holidays yeah and <clears throat> a million oh, not a million like exactly. five different batches around new zealand or, and then you get to try oh. a new place and do different things in theory it's the exact same thing where yeah. But you just don't have, I guess there's a comfort that can come from having your own home and DIYing mm-hmm. it and blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah. You make memories there, but it's a different type of memory that you Correct. make. In a and there's also way. a lot of psychological security. I'm really glad you brought that up because I think this is something that I've been talking with my parents a lot about of they are those people that, yes, they do have retirement savings outside of their home, but the reality is like a lot of, I think our parents or older generations, the vast majority of their wealth is in their home. So they're going to have to mm-hmm. sell the family home and then downsize and hopefully get some money out of that and then do something with that. Now we've been talking about what that downsizing situation looks like and they have this dream that they would like to have somewhere to spend time in New Zealand so they can come and you know spend quite a few months here with our family Um, and that's really really nice Um, but getting them comfortable with the idea of just committing to spending money for four months like an Airbnb is really hard because there's a lot of psychological discomfort with spending for Mm -hmm. a lot of people right and even though the batch thing is somewhat um well, it's a lot of tied up money for people. They're like, yeah, but it's an asset that's going to grow. It's the positive. It's not me like spending $35,000 a year on various different holiday locations and other stuff. But when you look at it, the $35,000 like expense scenario might actually be more cost effective than you holding this asset that has other costs associated with it that again you can't necessarily easily take money out of mm-hmm. um, but it, it is it's that whole thing it's just it's like the mindset thing there's so much more to it than the numbers if we were just driven by the numbers I feel like no one would own a house in the first instance and then I don't <laughs> yeah. really know what happens after that but hey. yeah. <laughs> yeah I love that so yes, so I guess this will be the question on everyone's minds: Is Christine, if you're not going to use your KiwiSaver to buy a house, how are you even going to buy a house? So tell me, <laughs> tell me, tell me more. Oh God, how do I even answer that question? I know. Sorry. <laughs> um, so for me, if I wait, can you repeat the question? <laughs> She's like, she's in such a frazzle. She doesn't know how to do this. She's like, I can't buy a house. What's happening? Everything, everything. We're not going to talk about it anymore. Yeah. Am I going to change my mind in a week? Um, so the question was, if you are not going to use your KiwiSaver as towards mm. a deposit for your first home, how do you feel like you're actually going to be able to buy a first home? Yeah, so I, as I said before, in terms of like splitting, I guess, the amount per paycheck that I invest, half of that I want to put towards retirement and through KiwiSaver. And then the other half I intend on investing through, you know, index funds such as like with Kernel or... But in a personal account. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So one that isn't Mm -hmm. locked and then I can invest towards my goal of buying a home at some point. Outside of that, you can do things like investing in private equity or you can start a business. I Mm -hmm. guess I kind of at some point in my life would like to start a business and there is a lot of risk obviously in that, but there's also a lot of potential gain. So there are avenues, other avenues that you can get to home Mm -hmm. ownership or to retirement if you also wanted to flip this conversation on the other side. Um, But I guess the, yeah, I also kind of want to build a house, not buy one. So there's a lot, there's a lot of like in there. Okay. So what I'm taking from your explanation is you have lots of good goals that you're working towards and I guess making like good financial decisions for. And hopefully at some point that will then eventuate in home ownership. But exactly yep. how that looks, you're not 
too stressed about at this stage potentially and you're just like I would like to ignore KiwiSaver because that needs to be for my retirement because there are these other things that I might want to do and at least if I've left my KiwiSaver there my retirement is somewhat taken care of without having to think about it too much. Exactly and I think yeah key point is that I'm not stressed to own a home by 30 or you know by xyz point i'm not putting pressure on that um and so as long as i i guess at some point in my life maybe Mm. own a home or an apartment or whatever Mm. maybe i own a batch and that's kind of the thing that is my property ownership um instead i'll get there at some point perfect yeah i mean on that like just throwing out some scenarios we have talked before that the average age of home first home ownership in New Zealand is 36, mm-hmm. which is a lot higher than people expect. Um, I know in our scenario, Luke would have been probably 33 when we bought our first home. Um, we have friends that live in our street who are in their 50s who have never owned a home. Um, they then opted to just be like, you know what, we're just going to buy a holiday house because we're kind of close to retirement anyway and we don't really want to retire in Auckland. So <laughs> yeah. they just skipped out on the whole first home thing and just kind of bought, you know, something further north. Yeah. Um, I have I've also had a friend who, again, was like, we're not going to be able to buy in Auckland, but maybe we would like to commit to renting here and have something smaller in the country that we could enjoy over summer and stuff. And that's what they ended up doing. So their first mm-hmm. home was actually like a country property that just cool. has like an older house on it that they live in, um, obviously on weekends and stuff like that. Yeah. So, you know, there's no, I guess, one right scenario to go down or path. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, maybe there is compromise around the size of the house when you buy it or it is the location, right? I was yeah. just saying before that we also have friends who bought an apartment or no family members that bought an apartment in the city and then they bought land out of the city and they mm. put a caravan on that land. So Perfect. like, and then they get that lifestyle element while still being able to yeah. save on commuting or whatever. You just rework it to whatever suits you rather than like giving exactly. into societal pressures yep. of buying a house for what that is. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Now I do want to bring up the whole um, thing of, you know, it's nice to have, retirement taken care of in some aspects when you don't want to think about that when you're in your 20s and at risk of sounding like a boomer um, I am going to say that we because Luke and I didn't have the option of using our superannuation in Australia um, so you know I've lived there for most of my working life Luke worked there for 11 years we both had a reasonable amount in our Australian super accounts when we moved to New Zealand and we've left that money there so the last time that we talked deeply on the show about um, KiwiSaver and I guess retirement savings we actually did projections of our own accounts if you remember um, to see what they're going to get to at like age 60 and 65 and the thing that I was so stoked about was if you combine Luke's account and my account in Australia and basically just let it grow between now and us turning 65 even without contributing to it we basically have enough money to retire on Mm. that like we don't have to do anything and I know that people be like oh shut up cat but because I wasn't (laughs) given the option to use that for my house and yes I do sometimes stress about paying my mortgage now that interest rates are higher at least I'm like I don't have to worry about Mm. being poor at 65 or I don't have to worry about you know, just, yeah, yeah. or just having like, you know, getting to 50 and as many people do and then being like, oh my God, now is the time when I need to think about retirement. And yes, I recognize that that's a privileged place to be in, but also I didn't have the option, Mm. you know, when the choice is made for you, like Mm. maybe that's a good thing. The bad thing here in my view is that the choice is not made for you. And if anything, everyone's encouraged to take their retirement savings out to buy a house. Yeah. I I just sit here and think, well, why do we even own homes? (laughs) 
because I, I mean, another example. I was also flashing forward to me. It's like a grandma in this beautiful house with no money, just like crying. <laughs> like I can't do anything, but I live in this beautiful home. It's very dramatic, but you know what I mean. Oh, my God. Um, all I was – oh, yeah, so Ollie's his – grandma or aunt or someone like that she was dutch and lived in this beautiful home in the middle of amsterdam and it was like your classic picturesque you know thing she rented it and like her whole life she when she passed away she didn't have you know a a physical asset to her name but she loved the fact that she was able to stay in the city yeah and it's close to like healthcare and all those kinds of things Mm so yeah why do we need to own homes well you don't if you don't want to yeah go think about it (laughs) yeah Just kidding. Not kidding. Exactly. Okay. What else? Why else would someone not use their KiwiSaver um, for a first time? Um, I think it's probably because, um, well, they might go down the path of rent vesting. So I guess the other thing is, you know, you can only use your KiwiSaver for a first home, which is challenging because if they said you could use your KiwiSaver for any home, then perhaps people would be making some slightly better choices because they would have the flexibility to buy investment properties. When you go down the path of buying a home, you have things like, oh, my God, where's my cat going to – is my cat going to like this garden? Like, can I live in this bathroom? Um, You know, can I walk to work? Where's my coffee shop? Like, just stupid shit. I'm sorry, but we are, like, we are who we are. And we have the tiniest bit of emotion come in and we don't necessarily make the best financial choice. And that, I think – probably also sums up why I'm like your house is not an investment asset because mm. it's not being decided on its investment merits. It's being yep. decided on its lifestyle merits. Yes, very true. Yeah. So, you know, if you were able to take the money out of KiwiSaver to invest in any property, potentially it would be a different conversation we'd be having. Um, so I guess my point is if you go down the path of, you know, wanting to own property as an asset class but not necessarily as a home, there are ways you can do that and then you can also keep your KiwiSaver for retirement. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, you know, we've talked before on the show about rent vesting. So, you know, renting where you need to to be able to live your life, whether that be close to work or family, and then investing money towards you know, an investment account, a business, an investment property to actually grow your wealth. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. Love that as an option. Mm, still. I'm still stuck on the cat in the garden. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, though, but, like, I'm sorry. Find me a person that has, like, gone through the first home ownership <laughs> buying prop like process and not been overcome by, yeah. like, stupid emotional decisions. Yeah, yeah, no. You completely, know? Completely, yeah. And it's like, I must have a lawn because I like grass yeah. or whatever. Yeah, like. or, like, I have to have this number of bedrooms or we could not possibly live, like, three more streets over yeah. because of this, this, this. And, you know, that's why it, yeah. Or you get so <laughs> attached to something that then you bid, you know, $50,000 of your budget or whatever yeah, it might true, be. Actually. So it just, oh, yeah. yeah, that's a good These point, complications. Mm, mm-hmm. Yes, not straightforward. Yep. Um, <laughs> something else I will add is that in the same way that you obviously will have decisions when it comes to buying a home, by kind of keeping you your money in one KiwiSaver fund, if you, let's say you have that timeline or that moves from being mm-hmm. like a 10, 10 years to your first home purchase versus yep. like 50, yeah. if you're starting from 18 to get to 65 or 45 yeah. years, whatever, then you don't have the decision-making that needs to be made around, okay, well, as I move closer to that goal, mm. do I need to change funds and yes. then do I need to change back or whatever? Yep. It's very set and forget and hands-off, so you don't need to over-engage um, mm-hmm. as long as, you know, caveat is make sure you're checking in on your KiwiSaver provider and fund yep. and things like that to make sure you're getting the best 
bang for, sure. for buck or value rather, but there are other decisions that are taken out of the mix yep. when you are focused on that one end goal. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I would also argue that you have to contribute less potentially over your lifetime than you do if you are, you know, mm. contributing a certain amount, then taking it out and starting again. Um, so for people that are on, you know, regular salaries and those types of things and potentially have that pressure that they're like I don't feel like it's possible for me to do 10% then um, you know being able mm. to keep your KiwiSaver KiwiSaver for as long as possible on a lower contribution number actually makes sense love that that's a really good point actually yeah mm. so, so yeah. good mm. so that. I guess from two people that are like we're not going to use our KiwiSavers <laughs> I mean, I would be keen to hear from people because I do appreciate that this may just seem really unrealistic to some people, particularly mm-hmm. when you're looking at the property market. But I guess, you know, let's also have a little bit of foresight and think about how we actually want our futures to play out and is maybe not having a first home for an extra five, ten years a good trade-off when you think about having a more secure future for 40 years or, you know, 30 years because also you don't retire at 65 mm. and then pass away a year later. You've yes. still got quite a lot of living to do, yes, um, you know, and that's why I think that, yeah, if we can just temper how much we need to do soon, it'll be better for everyone. Yeah, exactly. You don't want to be in a position where you have to work, right, when no. you want to take the time off to spend with family and things yeah. like that. Absolutely. Cool. Cool. Love it. Thanks for tuning in, team. Really love chatting about these controversial topics. Yeah. <laughs> Stirring if the pot a little If you've got a different bit. view, feel free to come and chat. I will definitely <laughs> debate you. <laughs> have a good debate. Um, but also keen to hear about and or hear from anyone that maybe hasn't used their KiwiSaver for a first home and, you know, how they got to where they are. Um, love to have you on a Money Moments episode because I think it helps hearing stories of people that have actually done it but in a slightly different way. Yes, definitely. Yep. Definitely send your questions in. Love it. Otherwise, we will see you next Tuesday. Bye. Bye.